Good afternoon, and how's it going, everybody? Welcome into the final episode of Back to the Theater Reviews as far as uh, 2019 goes. And today, we're doing our top 10 films of 2019. 2019 was stacked with several films, both original, franchise, you think of it, you name it. It was overall very solid all around. There were beginnings to new chapters, and there were conclusions to uh, those familiar to us growing up. And overall, I could just say that 2019 was a great year for movies. It's like literally it gave me something to do every weekend at the very least, and it was great. Um, I hope that all of you listening have had a wonderful December and hopefully a wonderful holiday season with your families as we wrap up um, the end of the semester. And you know, thanks for tuning in to all my episodes. You know, as we go on, I don't know what 2020 will uh, bring us, since uh, we have so much going on in our life. You know, we're, we have so many resolutions that we want to accomplish, uh, in addition to school and work. But surely, we're gonna try our best to uh, keep everything going. And yeah, let's uh, go ahead and get this uh, started. Now, just a little uh, PSA though. Because, oh man, I could already tell just from the order, I'm going to get a few people that are going to be like, what? What do you mean this movie wasn't uh, in the top 10 or number one? Honestly, guys, this list was way harder than I thought it would be. And just remember, this is my personal top 10. If my number eight movie is your number two, hey, by all means. I mean, I'm glad you enjoyed that. But you know, remember, this is my list. Everybody is uh, subjective to their own opinion. So with that being said, uh, here we go. So starting off at number 10, I'm going to have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, directed by Quentin Tarantino. Now, even though this wasn't my favorite Tarantino film, it surely is his most beautiful film. I love the 1969 vibe. I love the soundtrack as per usual. And it was definitely an acquired taste at first because I had no idea what to expect story-wise. But after watching it a few more times, especially at the arc light in 70mm, it's a very gorgeous-looking film. Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, amazing roles in this movie, especially as it goes towards uh, the second and third act. And overall, very solid movie by Tarantino. I can't wait to see uh, what number 10 brings for him and wishing him the best of luck. Now, coming in at number 9, I have Toy Story 4. Now, Toy Story 4, from the moment it got announced, I was completely, like, kind of, I just didn't know what to feel. I didn't know what to feel. I was like, Toy Story 3 ended off on such great terms. And it's like, how do you go continue the story from there without Andy but surely Disney and Pixar knew exactly what they were doing because they crafted a beautiful story and conclusion I think because I mean I'm not even sure what the conclusion is anymore but point is is that it really took me by surprise and one aspect that I thought was going to be terrible ended up being my favorite and that is the uh, character of Forky I thought he was going to be super annoying but he turned out to be one of the standouts of the film. And sure enough, it's a great movie. It's hard to rank all the Toy Stories because they're all so great. But I just know for sure this one took me by surprise in a good way. Now, coming in at number eight, I have Ready or Not. 
Now, ready or not, it could have easily been one of those cliche like horror films where it looks promising from the trailers and then you go and see it and it ends up being super terrible where the com- uh, like the comedic chops are like all over the place and it doesn't really focus like on the story or the characters but it was such a fun little new take on the hide and seek game it was over the top when it needed to be and our leads were very amazing in every way possible along with the uh, additional cast and it was just something new and vibrant to the genre so ready or not coming in at number eight and i highly recommend this one Alrighty, now coming in at number seven, I have Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, Spider-Man Far From Home is a sequel to uh, Spider-Man Homecoming. And I really enjoyed this movie overall, not only because I'm a huge Star Wars, I mean, not Star Wars, (laughs) Spider-Man fan, but it was a nice little, like, sequel, too. It didn't try to do too much. It introduced a kick-ass, you know, anti-hero and Mysterio and if you could pull that off, then you can pull off pretty much anything with a guy who has a fishbowl, you know, on his head. Kick-ass visuals. Peter Parker, once again played by Tom Holland. He he pretty much has this role solidified. I'm happy for the guy, especially now that Disney and Marvel worked out a deal where he'll continue to be in the MCU. So, number seven, Spider-Man Far From Home. Now, number six, I have Booksmart. Now... Booksmart for me, even though it's number six on this list, in my opinion, it's the biggest surprise of the year. Because I remember hearing that Olivia Wilde was doing a directorial debut. And then from the trailers, I was thinking, okay, yeah, this looks like a female version of Superbad. We'll see how this goes. And holy shit, this movie is amazing. I hate that it released in May. Because it got swamped in all the franchises, you know, like Godzilla, X-Men, I think Aladdin too. It didn't get the praise that it deserved. Good Boys, on the other hand, did. But literally, I'll vouch for any movie. But this movie, I will always vouch for. Just because it somehow revitalized the comedic genre, genre. We have a good amount of them, don't get me wrong. But this one is just great on all cylinders. I love the two leads that we have, you know, in in this movie. It just felt authentic. Sometimes uh, comedies set in high school are a little tricky because they won't really capture that high school um, feel. They have like a perception of it. But it generally felt like I was in high school again. And on top of that, like I was saying, it was like a female version of Superbad, where even though it had some like story points like to that story, it still did it in a new and fresh way. And overall, great time with Booksmart. I saw it multiple times. Please go and check out this movie. It deserves all the praise in the world. Alrighty. Now, as we go into our top five, this was the hardest, man, especially as we get to uh, the top three. But here we go. Number five, I have Avengers Endgame. Now, with this movie, it it means a lot just because we all remember like the start of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And don't get me wrong, it's not ending anytime soon. But for it to start in 2008 and then 11 years later 
to build up this massive universe of characters and this big storyline all concluding to this one villain. It was astonishing. It was a once-in-a-generation work that we will never see again. Only reason that I don't have it a little bit higher up is just because that runtime is pretty lengthy. I mean, don't get me wrong. As I watch the movie, it's impossible to pick and point which stuff to take out because it's one of those rare movies where everything in it is essential. But that's the thing, though, is the runtime. And it's not a movie that you could just pop on. You have to kind of like plan it out because there's so much leading up to it. You can't just show a casual viewer like ah, you can't just show a casual viewer Avengers Endgame and expect them to know everything. Certain other Marvel movies you can, but definitely not this one because there's so much emotional stake. Overall though, Russo brothers man, you got to give major praise to them. They did both Infinity War and Endgame, two of the biggest chapters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they completely pulled it off. So starting up at number five, Avengers Endgame. Now coming in at number four, I have Todd Phillips' Joker. And this was another movie too that I was looking forward to a lot. Because of Joaquin Phoenix. And what we got was such a dark and twisted story. About the origin of a character. And notice how I didn't say the character, a character, just because it's a different spin on the Joker. It's like I was mentioning in my review. This isn't solely based on a a sole adaptation of the Joker. It just so happens to have the title and Batman characters in this movie coincidentally. But Joaquin Phoenix puts on a performance that makes you uncomfortable impresses you and all throughout the story it's focused on him we don't go into all these other uh, plot holes and all these other characters it's solely carried by him and his transition from Arthur Fleck to the Joker is amazing some of the best work I've seen Joker coming in at number four alrighty now as we come up to the top three these are three films where they've really impressed me on all cylinders and it's like i was saying guys like this is such a good year for film i'm very proud of all these movies so with that being said let's go to number three and that's ford v ferrari ford v ferrari man it's a great ride from start to finish especially with uh, christian bale and matt damon this nice little underdog story of ford trying to take on ferrari at the 1966 le mans But it's also a story of the way that corporations work. Yeah, the title is Ford v. Ferrari, but there's so much other things in there where in reality, Ford was really the enemy here. And I'm not going to go into specifics as to what, but it just really shows you how fucked up like business corporations can be. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people don't really think about that. And the sequences from the races going on, especially with uh, the test trials and everything, beautiful work directed by Mangold, Ford v. Ferrari, 
coming in at number three. Now, number two comes Knives Out from Ryan Johnson. This movie is super entertaining from the moment that you read the title credits. Wonderful cast. Wonderful cast. And Ryan Johnson just crafts a interesting script. New take on the whodunit mystery uh, genre where you really do have to pay attention to literally every detail. And there's so much comedic chops in this movie that actually works. It didn't feel forced. It didn't feel over the top. Knives Out, man. What a movie. Like I've, I've seen it about four times now, I think. And every single time, dude, Daniel Craig as a Detective Benoit completely carries this film on his back. And then... I haven't even gotten started on Chris Evans, man. Like, it's so great to see him, you know, going to other roles and playing that asshole character. And, you know, what a nice little comeback for Ryan Johnson, too. I mean, he took a lot of heat for, um, you know, The Last Jedi. And even though, like, I didn't like the film, you never want to see someone go through that. You know what I mean? But good for him to create something unique and refreshing to a genre that's uh, pretty well known. And supposedly, if this one does pretty well, we can get possible spin-offs too. So we'll see about that, but Knives Out, wrapping up at number two. Now, number one, I've pretty much had this lockdown since October. And I remember telling my friends, there's a good chance it could be over top, though. Like, I didn't want to just be stubborn and say, no, like, that one's going to be number one forever. Because there's so many great films this year. But throughout the great films and throughout various rewatches, it's still held up. And number one goes to Jojo Rabbit, directed by Taika Waititi. This film is special. This film is special on all cylinders. It's sad. It's funny. Carries such an amazing message that we need today especially as we head into a new decade. And, oh man, I, I could literally go on and on about this film. It really resonated with me. And to see like a new take on the World War II genre, it's, it's genius because you think at first that all these kids that grew up in Nazi Germany are brainwashed fully into Hitler's beliefs. But you always think, what if there was a defective one? You know what I mean? Sure enough, there could have been. We never know. But that's what I like about this story, is how this kid is growing up with Nazi beliefs, and then suddenly he's conflicted on what's right and wrong. You know, what do we know better at 10 years old? We hardly know shit. You know, we only know, like, multiplication and division. Not politics. And then Taika Waititi's cast, man. I mean, Sam Rockwell, he's amazing, you know, in this movie along with uh, Scarlett Johansson. And then Taika Waititi himself, you know, as Adolf Hitler. He's not in the movie much, but somehow he somehow he plays Hitler good. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's weird, but that's just the way that this movie is. It, it is an anti-hate satire, so that's always good to know. But 
Jojo Rabbit, man. It's just one of those special films where it makes you feel good, but it comes at a cost too. Like it's not just entirely funny. It'll also remind you like, hey, like don't forget about this too in a serious manner. And that's what I love about this movie. And I'm so glad that it paid off because, you know, it was my second most anticipated movie of the fall. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go. You know what I mean? But it got a various amount of acclaim. Great work overall. And I hope to see it take the Oscar world by storm in February. So my number one film of the year, Jojo Rabbit. There you go. Alrighty, guys. Well, it's been a it's been a great year in movies, as I've mentioned. I don't know what the future holds for later, but surely enough, I'm going to try to continue this as best as I can. But I just wanted to say thanks for tuning in to all these episodes. Thank you for constantly telling me that you listen, or you know, little feedbacks here and there, or that you want to collaborate. It means the absolute world to me, and I hope that. We could eventually convert into YouTube. We'll see. Uh, that is the end goal in a couple years. But yeah, just thank you for always tuning in. Thank you for the positive feedback. And yeah, if you ever want to converse about anything, really, you know where to find me, honestly. So I really appreciate that. And with that being said, let's do the uh, closing call for 2019. Happy New Year. And I wish that your 2020 is filled with lots of positivity and brightness. You know, just kick ass, man. Just kick ass. So, with that being said, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Back to the Theater Reviews. Don't forget to follow us on Spotify, Instagram, and Apple Podcasts, at Back to the Theater. And until next time, this is me, signing off. <laughs>